Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Ministries podcast. So last time, I talked to you about the fact that Jesus made it very, very clear to us that heaven is real and that we go there and that we will recognize one another and that those who have gone before us are absolutely there and that the scriptures also seem to indicate that when we die, we depart and we are with the Lord. But I finished last time also raising this mystery of, well, then why resurrection of the dead? Why do we need to be resurrected? Why does Paul talk about Jesus returning and those who are dead in Christ being raised and meeting him? And I began to just touch on that a little bit by virtue of the fact that Jesus was fully human and that God loves humanity and that His promise was to save and love and restore humanity. And so it's not just the spirit of Jesus that is raised. It's the physical Jesus and that the physical Jesus ascended and is at the right hand of the Father. And he, the physical Jesus, will return and we'll all meet him there and be raised. So I want to just continue on that. I was saying to Pete, I had a chance to think about this as much as I'd like to, but I wanted to stay in the theme, and so a fair portion of today, too, is just going to be listening to Paul, listening to Scripture, and listening to John in the Revelation at the end to just be reminded that there is something coming, that we just don't die and just go be with Jesus, which, of course, I don't mean to say it that way. Of course, to die and just go be with Jesus is great. But the point is, if it's like just the engine of the car goes up and not the whole car, well, then what's the point of him coming back and saving the car if just the engine matters? I mean, again, a lot of folks in the Greek mindset especially was it was just the spirit of a man that counted. And so if the spirit's raised, well, terrific. Why do we need Jesus to come back? Why do we need resurrection from the dead? Well, I think all of it points to the fact is that God created the heavens and the earth, and created humanity and said that it was very good. And he loves his creation. He loves the earth, the heavens and the earth. He loves everything about the earth. And he loves the way he made us and the way he designed us. It matters to God. And again, we have this idea that we just go to heaven and you'll hear people talk about, you know, streets of gold and this, that, and the other thing, or maybe people are floating around on clouds playing harps, and maybe it's an eternal worship service, and for those who don't like to sing, (laughs) it's not a really exciting thought of eternally singing. And Well, anyway, I'm not sure that's what it is either. Instead, I think we have some clues here, and this is where I can't give you a definitive picture, a definitive answer, but I can surely give you a bunch of scripture today that gives us a clue to the fact that It mattered that Jesus was physically raised, fully human, body and spirit, because that's how God made us, that he made us from the ground and breathed his spirit into us and made us living beings. And God really loves us and what he made. And Jesus being raised from the dead, death was conquered and death will be conquered and death will never happen again. Human beings were never created to die They were created to live in the wonder and amazement of all that God has made in creation and relationships and creativity and fun and just so much wonder. And so much of that we don't get to enjoy where we work by the sweat of our brow as a part of the curse. And 
life is full of suffering and it's hard and difficult, and God promises that someday he will restore all that. Well, I want to begin scripture-wise today at the end of Luke's gospel, where the second time Jesus visits the disciples, and it says, they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And of course, isn't that what I even mentioned last week, is that oftentimes people think about ghosts or some sort of appearances of somebody, but is it really them, the resurrected them? But Jesus says to them, Luke 24, 38, he says to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Well, I would have loved to have heard everybody's answer. (laughs) Well, Lord, because this doesn't happen every day that somebody just shows up in our room without knocking and opening the door and coming in. This is not normal, and you are dead, and we know you're alive now, but this is not normal. Well, to which, maybe that's what they all said. So then he says in verse 39, well, then look at my hands and my feet. Folks, Jesus still has hands and feet. It is I myself. Being himself is an embodied spirit, body and spirit. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them. Isn't that interesting? They still did not believe it, not because of doubt, but because of joy and amazement. It's like, it's too fantastic. It's too amazing. It's, you know, how many times people go, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. When it was about something that really happened. Well, they still not believe it because of joy and amazement. And he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Friends, that matters. That is not insignificant. He was not a ghost. He did not appear to them just in a spirit kind of form. He is emphatically stating, it is I myself. The very same Jesus you knew and walked with for three years, it's still me, yet slightly different. But it's me. It's the fact that I can also be touched. I can be seen. And I can eat and drink. It matters that Jesus himself, the fully human Jesus, was raised from the dead where all human beings have died and stayed dead and still do. Jesus, Jesus himself appeared to them. Well, again, I think behind it is because God loves his creation. Well, now here's this part of scripture that you probably rarely see, maybe unless it's around resurrection season, maybe a little bit of it at a funeral. But I just want you to hear this. Talk about joy and amazement. Talk about fantastic, wild, crazy talk, but cool talk. Listen to Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 24, and then I'm going to pick it up at verse 42 to the end of the chapter. Paul says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 
meaning he's the first of all who have died. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, but it's raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, while the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, you and I. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. All of this to say is that Paul's been trying to tell us, folks, something happens that it's still a body, but it's a totally different kind of body. And it's a body that Jesus has, and a body like his will be given to us, and we will be like him, bearing his image. Well, finally, he says, verse 50, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we, we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, I don't know why it matters. I believe it matters because He loves humanity. He loves His creation that he's not satisfied with just bringing our spirit back to life. He wants to bring us, who we are as an embodied spirit, human. He wants to bring us back to life, but then not with this old body, but with a new body, a body that's imperishable, a body that's immortal, a body that's going to be changed, that's going to be so new, so cool, so real, so awesome. That somehow, some way, I guess we'll be able to do what Jesus did, that we're going to be able to come in and out of places and yet eat and be touched and be seen. Well, where is that place? 
Again, we've talked last time a little bit now about heaven. Well, here's another thing that doesn't get said very often, but it's in Revelation. This is actually John quoting Isaiah 65, 17, where there God said through Isaiah that he would create a new heaven and a new earth. Now John is seeing the end. And now he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Coming out of heaven from God. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Folks, are you getting it? Prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I, I am making everything new. I am making everything new, he says. Write these down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life, and those who are victorious will inherit all this, will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You see, what John seems to be telling us is that somehow in this end, maybe when Paul says that Jesus is going to come and we're going to meet him in the air, it sounds like whatever a new heaven and a new earth, it says it's passed away, no longer any sea. I don't know what this new earth is going to look like, this new heaven. But what John explicitly says is that the new Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven. God is coming down from heaven and he's making his home again on this new earth. In fact, in the New Living Translation, Romans 8.21, Paul said these words, The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. You see, God wants to restore. I don't know if passed away means restoring, if it means starting over. There's debate on that. All I know, folks, is that you and I, as best I can tell, we are going to be on earth, and God is going to be on earth, and we're going to be on earth with a new creation, with a creation that has also been changed and transformed somehow. You and I will be here in these new imperishable bodies, never to die again. I mean, as I was meditating on this, I was just trying to imagine a day, every day, every moment of every day where it's just about wonder, about creativity, about doing, about all the things we love to do and doing them together. And 
without any, all of a sudden, evil interrupting or death interrupting or harm interrupting or sadness interrupting or suffering interrupting, that living without a sense of even time, I think, in these imperishable bodies and living with God among us, present among us, Jesus and God, the temple, it says in 22, is it with us and among us. And we're going to live eternally, I think, in the way that God designed Genesis 1 and 2, the way we were designed for. And it went south in chapter 3, chapter 21 and 22, in Paul's words and Jesus' words is telling us that when this is all said and done, those who believe in the resurrection, those who believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, those who have been born again and filled with His Spirit, there is a final day coming when He will return and when we will be made fully human, transformed body and spirit, and we will live with Him on this planet, as best I can tell, together with the Lord forever. Oh my gosh, you guys. Again, I wish I could be saying it absolutely. I'm not quite the scholar on this. <laughs> it's just a little bit of reading I've done, things I've heard, but I'm telling you folks, it makes sense to me based on all the texts. You guys, we're not going to be walking on streets of gold, and that's all symbolic imagery. I think the bottom line is the Lord's going to make a new heaven and a new earth just like He promised. And He's going to come back and He's going to give us new bodies. And we are going to be in relationship with one another forever and ever together with Him, forever beholding the Lamb who will remind us of what made all this possible for eternity. Well, I want to finish by just saying this, the words of God to John and to all of us, to you who are victorious. You will inherit all this, and I will be your God, and you will be my children. Oh my gosh, friends, we have so much to look forward to. So Father, thank you. Thank you for your promise that we will one day inherit all this. You will be our God, and we will be your children. We are so grateful. In the meantime, Lord, help us to be faithful, to be your loving servants, to love those around us, so that nobody doesn't get the chance at least to hear and the opportunity to believe and be a part of this with us forever. We love you, Lord. Amen. God bless you all, and have a great week.